Hey, it's Andrew Morgan, host of the NOMCAST, the Netflix original movie podcast. Each week, we review the biggest Netflix original movies with special guests from the film industry, the music industry, comedians, and of course, our fellow podcasters. Check us out on the web at nomcastpod.com. Follow us on the socials at nomcastpod. And most importantly, listen and subscribe to us wherever you get podcasts. Hit that beat one time. Forgotten Cinema is getting romantic for our eighth season and just in time for Valentine's Day as we cover the 90s ensemble drama, Beautiful Girls. We'll then do a complete 180 as we dive into some spy films, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy and Spy Game. We'll find out why white men can't jump and whether you should shoot to kill while enjoying a Frankenweenie. Nope, that doesn't make any sense. You know what else doesn't make sense? This season will also feature our 100th episode of Forgotten Cinema. Feels like 100 years. Don't I know it. Forgotten Cinema. Never stop, never stopping. Yes, that's a hint. Part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hi, I'm Mike Field. I'm Pat Whalen. Pat is a lifelong comic book geek. And Mike is a filmmaker and storyteller. So naturally, a bulk of our conversations surround the world of the Marvel movies. Some consider the MCU one of the greatest achievements in modern day filmmaking, and others just think they're comic book movies. Each episode, we'll tackle one film and discuss the differences between the comic book and what's on screen. We'll explore the growth of the Marvel Cinematic Universe from its inception to present day and beyond, and have a little fun along the way. You may not have asked for it, you certainly don't need it, but you'll be happy we're here, we think. This is yet another MCU podcast. Pat, there's 153,000 ways this podcast could go, but we only need one way to go. To for that, game. for that, oh, hang on. Oh, oh for sorry. For that, you need to die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how's everyone doing? How are you doing, Pat? I'm doing good. We're in the end game now, Mike. The penultimate episode of the, the, what the is Infinity it? Saga. <laughs> of the Infinity Saga. This right. doesn't end. Let's make sure everybody is clear about that. Right, right. Well, we were, yes, correct. The Infinity Saga is is where we are ending, but I guess we're not ending. So that's probably accurate, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we are doing Avengers Endgame today. Uh, hopefully this won't be as long as the movie. Uh, we'll try to keep it brief. Uh, at least at least around an hour, hopefully. I don't know. The movie was three hours plus. So although on Disney Plus, it's like I think 10 minutes of the credits are just the credits for the people that are uh, translating the movie for other languages. <laughs> <laughs> Where it's uh, the credits end and then you have that like three to five minute of just silence. And all you see is Dutch, uh, <laughs> German, Italian. <laughs> you see all those names. This is a global phenomenon. Well, uh, that's, that is accurate. Yes, absolutely. So as we like to do, we go through the movie first and then we do the movie difference between the movie and the comics. And then of course, movie and its place in the MCU, which this is all chock full of place in the MCU, but really not much moving forward, I guess. Oh, not, yeah, a little, not but... Not really. There's a little bit, but not really. Yeah. All right. So Avengers Endgame has a runtime of 181 minutes. Yes. <laughs> Rated PG-13. Production budget of $356 million. Dear Lord. Uh, it came out on April 26, 2019. Uh, I did watch it, not opening day, but I watched it probably the morning before by myself in the IMAX theater. So suck it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> opening weekend. Pat, what do you think it made? Oh, I don't remember. I knew this. I, can't, I mean, I'm going to give you a hint. Production budget was three hundred and fifty six million dollars. Uh, 
$356 million. $357 million. <laughs> yes, you are off by one. Which, if we're going back thousands. to our magic number, that is double the yes. standard uh, budget for most of the MCU films. Not I've done no research here, so I don't know. But off the top of your head, what percentage of that production budget is talent? Oh, I'd probably say half. You think 50%? I think so, yeah. Well, no. I think a lot of it probably, a lot of the talent probably gets paid in the back end. So on the box office. Well, I'll give you this. I, I, one of the, this is not has to do with the production budget, but one of my notes here is that Hemsworth made $80 million off this movie alone. The way his deal is structured. Yeah. $80 million. Wow. Good right, for him. Right? Yeah. Good for him. <laughs> All right. So domestic, it did total. It did $858 million. Worldwide, Pat, what do you think? I'm going to give you another shot at the worldwide gross. Total gross. All over the place. Now, this is going to include, I'll give you a little hint. This is going to include the original release and the extended release, which was at, was released just because it wanted to beat out Titanic. Right. So is this like $1.7 billion? $2.8 billion. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. And that extended version came out and it was because at the beginning, the first one, the original one, there was no mid credits. There was no end credit roll. Right. But when the extended came out, they added the scene that they cut out, which was from with the Hulk, with, with Smart Hulk, as they call him, yep. rescuing something or getting a phone call, which looks so stupid. I watched it with his giant that. iPhone. You got oh. the Hulk or something like that. He gets the phone. Yeah, it's ugh, it's not good. They show the uh, what did they show? They have a, a Spider-Man teaser. right? They have, a, or something? they have the opening of Spider-Man when. Mm. Yeah. And I think they do a Stan Lee like retro. They do kind of like a thank you. They show all his um, cameos or uh, something okay. like that. That's not. So I mean, they do something like that. Yeah, that's that's nice. And I, you know, we are not huge fans of the Stanley cameos, but it's nice that they did that. But that is not enough to warrant me back. And any of the things that you told me were not yeah. enough to warrant. No, me back in the they theater. added they, they added like maybe a minute and a half, two minutes of stuff in yeah. the actual. Oh, I can't tell you what it was because I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I didn't bother to look. But anyways, so, yeah, so two point eight billion dollars worldwide. Now you have all your you have the Russo brothers who basically are directing all the movies now. So they <laughs> Marcus and McFeely who wrote it. They they've been alongside the Russo brothers and I'm sure 15 other uh, staff writers and, you know, creative marketing team behind yeah. uh, Avengers and and. Uh, Marvel. Uh, Trent Oplock uh, is returning as cinematographer, Alan Silvestri for music, and then obviously Kim Feige. And uh, as just like Infinity War, my cast is everyone and everyone. So everyone's in it. There's no new characters in this, right? No, uh, I don't think so. No, everything, everyone that we've seen. Well, what's funny is everyone that we've seen on screen has been in the movies already. Yes. With the except, but, but, a lot of people that shot this stuff before they even shot their original movie. So like Including you had like Michelle Pfeiffer there and, and Michael Douglas at the end. Mm -hmm. They yeah. hadn't even there. Brie were, Larson. Right. Yeah. They were shooting Ant-Man and Wasp as they were shooting Avengers Endgame. So yeah, we hadn't seen them necessarily on screen as they were filming it, but there's no introductions of new characters. I don't believe at so. At any no. point of this movie. No. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> so that saves you there. Right. Right. <laughs> So I don't know where you want to start in terms of the movie itself. I, I, I guess. No, no. I want you to go first because you texted me and emailed me and said oh Avengers board game. <laughs> and not as in this is a game you play with your family. A Mike was bored. So was, Mike, why were you yeah. bored? Well, I remember much very similar to Captain Marvel when we, when we did Captain Marvel previous. I, you know, I remembered like being like eh, it was okay and then we watched it and i was like i kind of like this movie it's not bad i like there's more stuff i like about it than maybe i didn't before and 
I had only seen it that one time. Endgame, I've only seen it in the theaters. I never, never watched it again. I mean, I might, I would see a scene here or there, whatever. Yeah, same. Uh, I just the first two hours of the movie, I was just like, what? nothing's happening here. It was very, very boring to the point where. I mean, the ending is fine, but even up to the end, and you talk about how there's a lot of fan service moments in this movie, yes. and that's fine. That's great. I just think that it was, it obviously wasn't a mistake to split the two movies because they made a crap ton of money. Right. So it, that's, I mean, but if you're, if I'm just looking at it as a story, not taking in consideration how much money we're going to make doing it, I don't really think this is a two, this should have been a split up. I think it should have been one big movie. Four hours? You know what? Why not? But I get it. You're not going to do that. I understand that. Avengers Infinity War was two, two and a half, two and a half. Okay. So this movie got pushed to three, probably because like, oh, we've got our last movie. Let's shove it all in there. So you're talking that's five and a half hours of Avengers. And I get it. It's awesome. I'm not poo-pooing that. I understand that. Mm -hmm. People that love the movies, people that love Marvel movies and love the comics and have been watching these for so many years. I, I absolutely understand it. And I'm not trying to put that down but in terms of the story nothing's going on in the beginning of endgame nothing it's just a big downer yes. and it's and <laughs> yeah. so i at the end of our infinity war episode or captain marvel episode i said i liked infinity war better and is to this point it's the pacing in infinity war is better it's a tighter story this one just meanders it does to get and to the end but it has this and it has this clip show in the middle of it. Like you're watching, you know, the series, this season 10 of Friends or something yeah. where you have to do the clip show before or Seinfeld. You know, I'm surprised they didn't play a Green Day song over, over, <laughs> you know, hope you had the time of your life during that one hour in between when they go back to past past years to relive glory days. Yeah. The, <laughs> the time travel stuff is tough. And I was going through a bunch of notes and it was one of the producers that was just like, I just wish we could kill Thanos. And they were like, yeah. And that was the whole thing <laughs> to the opening where they kill him. Mm -hmm. And then uh, what now? Nothing. And then they have the five years later and then the time travel. So that, that decision instituted the time travel stuff. And I'm, I just, this is my other thing with the time travel. You, you, you got to stop using movies to as a source for time travel. You have in, to stop using movies. movies and then self-referencing the fact that you're using movies yeah. and making fun of them for self-referencing those movies. Yeah. No one's as yeah. your base for time. I, travel. I'm sorry, but if anybody is really, it's like in galaxy quest, the movie galaxy quest, when they take the TV show and they think they're historical documents mm -hmm. and like, like that's what you're doing here. Back to the future is not a historical <laughs> accurate document. Okay. But it's Galaxy Quest was played specifically no, for Galaxy, satire, and it's a great movie. It but is. I'm just saying, like <laughs> in this movie, they're, 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 you're using it like it's like it's some kind of explanation. Yeah. It's not. Because it, it, Robert Zemeckis <laughs> is an expert on quantum yeah, physics. Uh, give me a break. I just yeah. Any it's they're movies. Why are yeah. we? Why are we? And I know maybe that's a way to explain it to the audience. We're a little smarter than that, aren't yeah, we? I I can't so. you just? Ha I mean. You have Tony in his in his in his uh, log cabin doing. Oh, I'm just gonna reverse it and I'm gonna do this. It works. It's like that. That's good enough for me. Okay, I don't need. I don't, that's fine. I don't. You don't need, need Ant Man coming in and saying, "Well, I watched this movie one time." Yeah, and we can't talk to our past selves. Right, and I don't want to get too deep into the time travel stuff, but they talk about how when they go back in time and they do these things, uh, the timeline alternate universe is split. And, yes, and, but. 
But then there's somebody that says like, well, eventually it'll, it won't change everything. Cause that uh, smart Hulk, cause this is, that's our future going back to the past. So it's not going to change our present, which doesn't make any sense when you start, when he goes and talks to the ancient one and, and you pull one stone and there goes the alternate universe. So whatever smart Hulk said is wrong. <laughs> yeah. Time travel is hard to pull off in a serious way. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think that time travel exists? No. Okay. So then you, so then you don't think that, in the future right now, like we are living in the present and there yes. is no present ahead of us. That's because well, that's because, because if, if the time yes. travel oh. exists, the future has happened already. Right. Right. So no, our lives have already ended. No. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You don't believe. Okay. Yeah. So then this movie, this movie BS. That's yeah. what you're trying to tell me. <laughs> but I still enjoy it. You know, well, hold time, on. You still enjoy this movie? I do still enjoy this movie. Okay. Okay. Here we go. It's satisfying. And well, that's really that. why I enjoy it is, you know, you could put it on and after watching this, okay. after watching 10 years worth of this stuff and then rewatching it this year, it has a satisfying conclusion when you see everybody come out of the portals, when you see them go back. The story is blah. Uh, uh, this is one I want to ask you because you keep sending me the fan service moments. Give me the first fan service moment in this movie from from the beginning. When does it happen? So that so I can know at what point you're like, all right, now this movie's worth it. Fan service. Is it when Joe Russo is talking about his date in the? No, okay, no, no. But Jim Starlin, who created, I understand he's in that group. He's in that, but group. that's not the fan service moment. Come no, on, that's not the fan what, service. What's, moment. what's the first moment that you're like that pays off for you after twenty something movies? It doesn't happen really until the final fight. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I mean, I like Hawkeye's introduction, and that's more for like fans of Hawkeye and that. Rodin. Yeah, but, and it's a great. Sh- the scene is is shot really cool where they're moving the camera up and he's fighting through that building and everything. That's not necessarily fan service. It's just a really cool introduction. Right. Yeah. You don't really get the fan service moments until two hours in. Yeah. And, but at that point it feels really satisfying because you're seeing everybody fight and beat Thanos. Are you at the end of the movie? Yes. No, I get that. But everything else leading up to it, like the whole, I, I mean, I get there's some funny stuff when Captain America's looking at his own butt and he's yeah. like, oh, it is America's ass. Yeah. I get that. That's funny. That's fan service. Yeah. It's, it's cute. It's whatever. I don't like, I, I got to tell you, I actually don't like the Hail Hydra moment. I know that that's in the comic because we have talked so, about yeah. that. Yeah. How could they believe that? Like, how could they suddenly just believe that he's one of them? Uh, I it's, mean, it's a movie. I get it. Well, no, I think, you know, if, if you're Rumlow and you're um, Agent Sitwell and, and you're sitting there and you're like, Okay, well, we didn't think he was on our side. We're ready to fight him right now. Right. And then he says it. He doesn't know that we're Hydra. How could he possibly know we're Hydra unless he's Hydra? I just, I, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like it because I just, it didn't feel right. I don't know. Maybe yeah. that's why. That one seemed, that one was definitely a fan service. What they threw in there just to, you know, because do it, but right. it really didn't. It was just a way to get out of that scene. Here's the uh, time travel stuff again. They're going to think now. He's he's Hydra. with them. Yeah. So doesn't that change? Like, I, what, is there going to be a scene where at one point, like, wait, a minute, maybe he's not with us. He tricked us. Yeah. You know, like that kind of thing. So it, it, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it's just stuff like that that I, I wasn't a huge fan of. But whatever. The fight's yeah. good, I, even though it wasn't them. Even though it wasn't Chris Evans at all. It was the it was the two. So the fight with the two Captain, Captain Americans fighting each other. It's it was a. I think it was either a brother or a father son stunt duo that were fighting each other because oh, they cool. both at one point played Captain America. Yeah. So as a cool thing, they were playing fighting against oh, each other. Nice. So I thought that was interesting. That's, I didn't know that until now. That's that's a nice moment. Yeah. yeah, no, that's fine. I think there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that are probably more symbolic than mm-hmm. maybe on the screen. So yeah. In terms of other Cap picking up 
Thor's hammer. Yeah, I know that. When, when it flies into his hand was really cool. That's a, I, I get that. And, and that's the first time he says Avengers assemble ever. Yeah. Right. Which that gets a little flack online because it's it's very similar to the uh, for for the Harry Potter fans in the house when in the Goblet of Fire in the book, Dumbledore says, Harry, did you put your name in the Goblet of Fire? In the movie, he screams it at him and it's supposed to be like whispers, you know, Dumbledore whis- whispers softly or something. In this one, he says, Avengers, he yells it and then just whispers softly, assemble. Probably because he already knows that they're assembled. Yeah. What I also like, too, about that fight is in the beginning, it's it's just the big three. Yeah. It's just Thor. It's just Iron Man. And it's just Captain America. And they have very similar costumes to a lot of their kind of earlier designs. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was that was a nice way to show them as like, these are the guys that built this universe. Right. Right. And I get that. Do you like. Oh, I was gonna say Fat Thor, but do you like? Uh, yeah, do you like Fat Thor? No, I don't like Fat Thor at all. So, is he supposed to stay like that now for the entirety of his? Like, is he in Love and Thunder, whatever it's called? Is he going to be that? I don't think he's going to be completely that. Yeah, okay. I think we talked about this in Ragnarok. We did. He, we did. He has this fitness app, and so the weighted vest thing that he's oh, wearing. Oh no, I'm not saying it weighs like 80 pounds. I'm not saying that is Chris Hemsworth going to start putting on weight. No, for the show I know, but it's movie. to him. It's like, hey, I might as well just do my normal get in shape thing and maybe not go as crazy as I had in the past. Right. But that the weighted thing, he's carrying around 80 pounds on his body for that. That's fat suit. Right. That's insane. Just just be a normal, you know, just be yourself. You don't go, you know, like you did in the first movie or even the second movie where he got mm-hmm. really big. My problem with the Thor, the fat Thor moment is, yes, I absolutely understand that he's going through a lot of emotional trauma. And, you know, we talked about how the MCU deals with emotional trauma, whether it's Tony and Iron Man 3 and some of the other characters later throughout the series. He went through a lot. He lost everything in the span of like 24 hours. And then he failed to save the earth, yep. even though he did exactly what he was supposed to do. Every scene that he's in, though, except for the one with his mother, okay. it's played for laughs. He's fat and he's funny. Mm-hmm. And it, people aren't laughing with him. Right. We're laughing at him. Of course. And are. we're supposed to be laughing at him. Right. So it's a really unfortunate way that they play this character who, you know, if you do it right, it can mean a lot to a lot of people. Yeah. But you play him in such a way that oh, he's fat and he's funny and he's depressed and he's funny. And it's, you know, we're not, again, we're not laughing with him. We're laughing at him because he's depressed and he's fat. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I think you could have done it without the the bodysuit, without the the weight gain. Yeah. Like you said, it's it's in there for laughs. It's not the right laughs. Let's right. put it, that's probably the best thing. I mean, he can be depressed and doesn't want to, and recluse and, mm-hmm. you know, doesn't want to be involved in, okay, what do they call it? New, uh, new Asgard. Right. So yeah, they, they could, they could have done that a different way. Yeah. I I agree. He could have been doing stuff. I almost feel like he should have been like doing stuff that is harmful to him. Maybe he's not doing drugs, but you know, taking risks or just, you know, stuff like that. Something yeah. a little bit more darker. To see if he can die. Yeah. Like yeah. something like that. It was distracting. It was. And I, I wasn't a I wasn't a huge fan of it. And, you know, whatever. I guess that that's the choice they made. So you talk about Hawkeye. Two things about Hawkeye. That scene that he had opens the movie was actually meant to be the, at the end of infinity war. Do you like that decision to put in the beginning? I do. Okay. Cause yeah, what about you? You, you like I, don't, I don't, I don't mind it. The, uh, the other thing was like, you know, he goes off and kills everybody. And then, <laughs> then the snap comes back. Everyone's back. It's like, Hawkeye's not going to answer for some of this stuff. Well, <laughs> and this is where we said, you know, some of this stuff leads into new projects. Is sure. It might 
be why he may have to pass the mantle of Hawkeye on to a new character in the Hawkeye series. More than one reason why he's passing the mantle on and it has to do with Jeremy Renner. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Anyway, so, yeah. I, I do I do like the opening scene with that because it sets the tone for that really dreary first hour of the movie. And then, <laughs> and then, oh, yes. Well, I'll get back to that. And then you have when the phone call comes and he sees it's his wife. That's that's a nice moment. Yes. Back to the beginning with the dreary moment when they have this, when they have the Joe Russo cameo. That's Joe Russo in there, right? It's Joe or Anthony. I don't yeah, really I think know which one. Whatever, one of them. Yeah. And they're and they're doing the the circle. That's like no. So can I can I give you my theory on that scene? Go for, well, go for it. So the, whichever Russo brother that is, he also shows up in Winter Soldier. Yes. As a doctor taking care of Nick Fury who had faked his death. Right. Okay. In that underground bunker. So I think these are Shield guys. And I think this okay. is that's why they know about Thanos. Okay. I don't know if the whole world knows about Thanos yet until the blip. You know, happens okay, again. That's fine. You know, they bring people back, but this because it has Jim Starlin and uh, you know he's. So a they're trying creator. to say that he knows them from. These are Shield okay. guys. That's you that's how I'm able to. I'm okay with Gannon. This scene. I'm okay with that. I'm not okay with this note, and I don't. This is a note on IMDb, so this note might be bad. It's a, this is the, I wrote this note verbatim. They credit Russo's character's cameo as being the first openly gay character yes. in the MCU. Give me a freaking break. That's they got what a lot that, of, I could. I mean, of course, I could swear on this. They got a ton of shit yeah. for that because they came out and said there's going to be a, a uh, homosexual yeah. character in Endgame. What a cop out! It's such a cop out. I mean, and they deserve every I, I, flack that they got. I'm for that sorry, scene. but like, we're adults. We yeah. can handle it. Yeah. We. Can, uh, I know that. I know what Tessa Thompson came out and said, like Valkyrie was. Valkyrie is supposed to be gay or bisexual. And that's know, fine. But that's like her saying it after the fact. Right. Just put it in the freaking movie. Which Who is what we cares? said about Ragnarok yeah. during our episode. Who cares? I'm not going to walk out of the theater if yeah. I see two dudes kissing. I'm good, man. I'm really good about <laughs> it. It's fine. <laughs> but you're right about this, that they could do more. You know, Marvel wants to talk about inclusion and diversity and all this stuff. And this is what they give us. Yeah, it's stupid. Do a little bit more. Dumb. That was be, be better. I'm watching it. And I'm going. All right. When I watched the movie, and I was just like, and and he's talking about it. And he's telling the story. I'm just like, all right, okay, whatever. I didn't think anything. Then I read the note. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That's really. I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to hang my hat on that. <laughs> Come on. So let's let's transition a second here. And during the clip show in the middle, so that that second hour of the movie, they pair up. So talk about the pairings for a little bit. Did you like who they put the characters with? Did you not like it? Were you a little like? Wanted to see more. Well, like what care what pair up? So you did. We had Widow and, and Hawkeye going okay. to Voromir. We had War Machine and Nebula going to uh, uh, Morag. Morag. Uh, yeah, Thor right. and Rocket going to Asgard in the past to somehow make Thor the Dark World relevant. And then the rest of the Avengers slash Tony and Steve going to New York and subsequently seventies New Jersey. I didn't really think of it. I know that there's some kind of comics reference to all that right like some of the like i know yeah. i and we could talk about it later but i know there's like a connection with, with war machine and cat marvel and danvers right yes yeah okay so i know that the only pairing that was oh hey i know why we're together is hawkeye and black widow mm -hmm. because both of them are going to die like you know what i mean that's where yeah, they're going that's there, to decide gonna who's gonna who's gonna die and they had the marvel had tried to build a relationship between them for several movies it really kind of flaked out here and there but yeah i think they yeah they're trying to bank on that did they ever intend for them to be a couple was it always going to be like they were friends i don't know yeah because you think in avengers the original avengers movie they they have some couple tendencies well they do with black widow they do that with captain america yep in the first avenger Hulk. one and, and winter soldier winter soldier yeah Hulk. they do a banner yep which i thought like okay that's 
I guess that's what they're doing. And then they do it with Hawkeye uh, throughout. It was really odd. Did you remember being a teenager in high school with that one girl in the group and everybody tried to date her? I guess. I, I mean, that's kind of what this is. This is how and I have friends it. listening to this podcast and they know exactly what group I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, well, I went, soldier, all, I went to an all boys high school. So, oh, you know, maybe. <laughs> In Winter Soldier, Widow wears the necklace with the arrow. No, I got, I saw that. And so yep. that was, you're like, wait, is that from Hawkeye? Oh, right. But yeah, apparently she, it was like, you know, maybe it was just Hawkeye just gave it to her because they're friends or maybe Hawkeye's wife gave it to her. But she's wearing it in this movie yeah. and it's supposed to be a, her remembering Hawkeye. Okay. So yeah. then what's that? What, I don't hey, know. A mission but, in Budapest was really tough. Here's this necklace. So the more you think about this scene, it has to be Black Widow. It cannot be Hawkeye. Well, and, well, do I know at this point that Hawkeye's got a show coming out on Disney Plus? No, you don't know at this point that Hawkeye has a show coming out at this point. Widow, you know, when she sacrifices herself, she's not sacri- She's giving up what she loves most. And that's not Hawkeye. That's the entire Avengers team. Her, the whole opening her life. of this, her life, yeah. her family, that, that whole speech she gave at the beginning of the movie and that she found something here. She was always a loner. Right. By sacrificing herself, she gives that up. I guess, yeah. Black Widow doesn't gain anything. The whole point of this is to bring back the people they lost. So right. Hawkeye throughout killing himself is going to deny his his family yes. him. If Hawkeye dies, that's not Widow losing the most important thing in her life. She loves the whole team. She wants the whole team. By her dying, she gives that up. She's not dying. You know, Hawkeye isn't losing Widow. Yeah. Widow is losing the team. And so that's why it has to be her. Now, tell me why this is wrong. And I know I ever, I, when I looked for an explanation, it was, they, they, I got writer's rationalization explanations. When Captain America returns the stone. Yeah. Why does Black Widow not come? It's a soul for a soul. If I'm returning the soul, why can't I get the soul back? I have no Exactly. Because in when I'm looking, they're like, well, no, that's not how it works. It's like, yeah, but you, you telling me that's not how it works is not really an explanation. But I need gonna, to, What are they going to reset that for well, Guardians uh, of the Galaxy 3? When he goes to get Gamora or is he going to go get 2014 Gamora? No, because those see, here's the thing, because the stone that Thanos got, he destroyed. So, no, she's gone. OK, so, so no, it's going to go after Peter Quill is going to go after 2014 Gamora. Yes, because okay. she's now in 2020 right. or whenever. 2023. Yeah, yeah. So the other team, you know, I think you needed the Tony and Steve scene where they go back essentially to their beginning. That was, you know, writers trying to be symbolic and everything. But the one that really just doesn't there's no chemistry there. And it, it's just because it was like they were playing kickball and they, they paired up. Oh, you guys make sense together. You guys make sense together. You guys all go together. Okay, we're left with War Machine and Nebula. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I guess you guys are going to Morag. Yeah. And it just like they tried to find the connection where he's like, oh, Rhodey's broken. And, and Nebula's like, yeah, it was repaired too, but it yeah. doesn't doesn't work. One of the things that they talk about in the movie, how they, the, one of the Russo's favorite moments is Cap and is a black widow being in space at the first time. Yeah. And that, that reaction, that's great. But like, so is war machine yeah. and we don't do anything with that. And no. he's just kind of like, all right, what are we doing here? All right. <laughs> I can breathe on this planet. No problem. <laughs> when he questions just about everything in every scene he's in yeah. ever. When black widow and Hawkeye are on Vormir, yeah, we can breathe. No problem. I, I, I get it. I know the last time we talked about this, I said, listen, I get it. It's the star Wars rules. I, yeah. That's fine. I understand. But you know, Star Wars didn't have Earth in it. Star Wars had a galaxy far, far away a long time ago, which I don't know anything about. So they can make up the rules as right. they go. Speaking of Star Wars. Yeah. So this movie came out about, what, nine months before? No, a year and a half before. Force, uh, Man, I Rise blocked, of Skywalker, right? I blocked, Rise of Skywalker was 2019. 
was there were all no Rise of Skywalker all was the, 2020. All the what? No, it wasn't. You're right. Was nothing was Nothing was 2020. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So this this came out the same year as Rise well, of Skywalker. It, all the Star Wars movies were around Christmas. Yes. Yeah. This so Endgame was about nine months before then. Why does this victory lap work and Star Wars Rise of Skywalker doesn't? Oh, be, oh really? You really want to get into that? Two minute sentence. Sum it up. Endgame has 20 movie lead into it. So you're not just wrapping up. Star Wars had eight. Because the Star Wars movies are flawed. The, the, the last trilogy is flawed big time. Yeah. And there's they made they made multiple mistakes of, well, the first movie is just basically Star Wars again. They just redid it. And you can tell me all you want about it. it's not. It is. It is. And I get it. There's there's interesting things in this. The, a movie cannot a, a complete movie cannot be a, a good complete film, but yet have great moments in it and good pieces that you love. That's fine. That doesn't mean the movie's good. Right. The movie is just Star Wars. The second one, they made the mistake of basically saying having no cohesiveness, being like you do whatever you want. Right. Didn't have a Kevin. Whatever you want to say about Last Jedi, uh, whether you love it or you hate it, it's fine. But if it doesn't, if it's just a standalone movie. You've already set a precedent for Star Wars fans where all these movies are connected mm-hmm. and they've already watched 10 years of Marvel movies where everything's connected. You can't do it that way. You, you just can't. Yeah. That, it's not the type of story to do it that way, regardless of whether it's awesome or not. You know, so then you have Abrams come back for this third one. And he's basically rewriting a lot of the stuff from the, yeah. from the second one. So it's it's a flawed trilogy. There was time. no Kevin Feige at the head saying, right, this it, is the direction we're going in. I will say it's better than the prequel trilogy. All right, we're going to have that disagreement off. Dude, prequel trilogy is boring. It's boring. My buddy keeps telling me about how the pod racing scene is fantastic. I go, yeah, it's fantastic. Pod racing scene goes on 20 minutes long. Thank you. It's way too long. It's way too long. It is way too long, but I find them more interesting. Than- oh, there's nothing more exciting about Senate hearings. I got you. Oh, just, yeah, that's what I want to see in my big action film. Senate Whoa. debates. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I want to see Senate debates and then freak out because I see the ETs off in the corner somewhere and I'm like, oh my God, that's what I want to do. Oh yeah. Give me that. Give me all of that. <laughs> anyway, back to, uh, back to end game. Thanks for that, Mike. We really no appreciate problem. the no insight. Problem. No problem. I just wanted to touch on one more thing because we don't actually talk about the, the acting too much in these films. Because they're okay. mostly wrapped up in the, the blockbuster appeal. But Robert Downey Jr. in the opening scenes when he's emaciated after being in space. When he gets angry again? When he gets angry again. I mean, he's angry, but that was really good acting. And I, But he gets angry again, Pat. That's my note. He gets angry again. And the only reason he gets angry is that so that he's, he goes away for five yes. years and has a family. Yeah. The story reason behind it isn't great, but his acting I really appreciate. Yeah. But yes. I mean, it was... He's trying to say, hey... You said we were going to beat Thanos together. Where were you? It's like, first of all, where were you? Yeah. We were in Wakanda fighting Thanos. Yeah. You were up in Jupiter fighting Thanos. Like everybody was Jupiter. It was <laughs> yeah, no, I, Titan. Moon and Titan. I don't know if that's the Titan around Jupiter though, right? I think it's a different Titan, right? No, I think it's a Titan. That's around. awfully close to Earth. We're just like, we're, oh, okay. we're okay. flying for that long. All right. This is again where they try to make Tony seem sympathetic for causing issues. He's just always angry. He is and, always angry. And uh, it's just, it, it, once, I just, once I saw it, I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Tony's angry. Well, who else did you want to highlight? Just him? Yeah. Okay. In this movie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think, I mean, Rene Russo is, she does well in the scene with uh, Thor's, yeah. as Thor's mom. But it's like, it, it, it's, I was born of witches, of course I know. And then it's yeah. just like, you know, again, it's the other the problem with that scene is that the time travel stuff gets accepted and it's it's into it and yeah. it's 
but she also dies like five minutes later. Yeah, in Thor I guess. the Dark World. So I it's guess, not like yeah. she could tell somebody, "Hey, I just saw you from you know twelve years in the future." Yeah, it's a lot of Scott Lang in this movie too. There is a lot of Scott Lang. <laughs> There's a lot of Scott Lang. Yeah, a lot um, of Scott, and he's good. He's got some funny moments. Obviously, Paul Rudd's funny. You know, obviously, I know everyone liked the the scene when he goes to see Cassie, and and I know there was a big moment when he talks about how like you know you've gotten so big, and everyone mm-hmm. gets all teared up, and and whoever making this movie, they're all like, "Oh, we all cry." I'm like, okay. Yeah. All right, you guys. Uh, I understand all that. That's fine. I don't know. Captain America is always good. Chris Evans is always yeah, good. Is. Captain America. Um, we talked about Thor. Uh, I mean, Black Widow has a lot of stuff in here that she's got to do. I mean, but the opening when she's just sitting there, like when they are having that discussion with everybody, with the holograms. Yeah. yeah. Just, I mean, I like the way Okoye pointed. It's like Nat. It was just a her. It was just an earthquake. Like chill out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She's like, well, what's our response? It's like nothing. It was an earthquake yeah. below the ocean. We're fine. Yeah. A lot of my notes have to do with within the universe. So maybe I'll, I'll hold off on them. Okay. I know we talked about off air about the signatures. Yeah. Because you want to copy that. Um, that's actually not. That's from a movie. That's from Star Trek six. The undiscovered. Country. Oh, is it? They do that at the end of that for, for the original Star Trek cast. Okay. So that's where they got that from. Uh, speaking of Star Trek, Feige says he credits this, and I've never seen the show. He credits the series finale of Star Trek: The Next Generation, all good things, as an inspiration for this film. I, I don't. I, 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 I have it. to watch it. I don't. Yeah, I don't watch Star Trek. Yeah, you, why not? <laughs> so we talk about Amman and Wasp filming at the same time. This Endgame and Infinity War were the first Hollywood films filmed entirely on digital IMAX cameras, so at a ratio of one nine one. And it's cropped to two, three, nine. So now every time you watch it, mm-hmm. you are not watching how it was intended to be watched, which kind of I don't like. Right. I, I don't like it. Uh, you know, it's going to be home release. Right. I don't have an IMAX screen at my house. You don't? So, no, I don't. I'm sorry. I just I don't. That's not how I roll. So okay. I don't Gotta have that, that stimulus check money. <laughs> <laughs> I, I My other podcast, I. I bugs me when I can't watch a movie in its original format. I hate it because it's not what it was intended. And right. so this, when I read that, I'm just like, well, then I'm not really getting the, what I want to get. You know, I'm not really getting it how or it should be watched. what the cinematographer wanted you to get. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the, the, it's like, uh, so that kind of, that kind of bugged me. So Smart Hulk was actually meant for Infinity War. And they changed it because, uh, because in Infinity, so basically in Infinity War, he was supposed to come out and he was supposed to like rip his armor off and beat the crap out of Cole Obsidian during the fight. Okay. But then they, they got rid of it and said, no. Another thing that the writers did is that they openly admit that they wrote themselves into a corner with Avengers with the first Infinity War. How so? That they admit that they, the, that's where the whole time travel thing came up from. Like uh, they admit right. that once the snap happened, they were just like, they wrote, they had to write themselves out of that. Yeah. That's not a good start. It's not a good start. I know that I didn't wasn't the snap supposed to start Endgame, and they were going to. I mean, that probably would have been. It might have been better. Yeah, but Where like, would the, you have how ended? would you? Yeah, I was just yeah. Saying, how are you ending Infinity War? I don't you know, know what I mean. I don't. You'd have to. You want to end it with a battle, but how are you going to end it with a battle if if he's if not, there's no culmination right. of the battle, especially? And how do you get people back in the audience, back in the theater, if? It's over with, yeah. basically. See, it, it doesn't matter. It, we're arguing, or not arguing, but we're discussing is something that really doesn't matter because Endgame made a crap ton of money. It's the highest grossing film of all time. So it yeah. doesn't really matter what you're going to do or don't do because you whatever you did worked because people care. But I think you have 20 minutes. You have this movie is a sequel of 20 others. Right. So that's why it works. Yes. And uh, so to your point about 
the writers coming out or writing themselves in the corner. This was another case of them retconning what happened in the film after the fact in like director interviews and stuff. And that was the scene at the end with Cap going back in time and spending his life with Peggy. You mean the alternate reality? Well, the writers came out and said, no, no, that takes place in the current reality. The directors came out and said it takes place in an alternate reality. Right. Get on the same page, guys. So, well, well, because there is no page. They don't know. Yeah. They just wanted to do that for the character. I know you like that moment. I do like it. But that moment makes no flipping sense. I think it does. It doesn't do because you, you he either I you have to say he's in alternate reality because you cannot say that he is in their same reality and everything's happening and he and they're just burying their heads in the stand and not doing anything. How do you live your life like that? How how can you possibly not live to your mess health? with it? But how could you be happy? How could you be happy in that life? She works for Shield, so she just retires. He knows that it all ends up well in the she end. She works for Shield all the way up until the point when he comes back and sees her in Captain America: uh, Winter Soldier. She's dying. She has been with Shield all that time. Yes. Now she's not because he goes back and they get married and she quits. That's what, that's one of the other notes that she retires from Shield. Oh, see, I didn't see that. Note. Yeah, no, this is what I'm saying. Like, I didn't see that. All these that's, notes that's may be stupid. wrong. All these yeah. notes may not be right. But like, these are just people throwing throwing explanations. I can't tell you the amount of notes on here that I just straight up ignored because they were so long, and it was just another rationalization and explanation about the stuff that happened to this movie. I'm sorry, but like, when you make a movie, I shouldn't have forty five thousand questions about how things. Why did that work? You don't have to go find the the yeah. You know the read the book right the notes and the the. So give me the Disney Plus series where they're living their life together and it's just it's just a drama like this is us and it's just Cap and <laughs> and, Pe- and Peggy and they just have regular old problems and you know like you know they have kids that are you know kids are getting sick and they want to make sure that they're okay give me that so I was gonna save this for the the MCU connections but fans want the Captain America series where he goes back in time and returns the stones I'm like why. What will happen in this scene? Is it is he going to go back in time to Morag to watch Peter Quill go get the, the Power Stone, then War Machine and Nebula are watching him get the stone. So he's watching Nebula and War Machine watch no, Peter Quill get the they, stone they want, only so he could return it right back. They want stuff where like he has to go back, but his ship breaks down and he, he gets lost. And he's like, I need help getting to this planet. And they're like, I'll help you, but I need you to help me. My and then like he goes off on adventures, but I will say this: there, you want the time traveling Mandalorian. <laughs> I will say this: that there is, there is a lost opportunity though, when he's got to go see Red Skull at Vormir, that's, and they have history. That's it though. That's the that's only. The only I got that's you. the only got interesting you. part about right. that whole series. Unless no, there is no unless. <laughs> that's the only interesting part about that whole series. In what it it's a hey, it's a hey, dark hey, tower like like the gunslinger where him and in where the, the man in black and Roland DeShaner are talking to each other to end the movie or yeah. end the book. Yeah. Like, come on. Like that doesn't, it doesn't work. No, I got you it, because the time travel thing doesn't work because it's, a, <laughs> it's, it's flimsy at best. It's always, it's flimsy in any movie. You just have to not roll. back to the future. Back to the future is not flimsy. Well, that's why they based this on back to the future. Exactly. Cause back to the future is a good freaking movie. All right. <laughs> anyway well we should get into the differences but oh my god we're we're way over time <laughs> we just spent 50 movies i know i mean because there's so much stuff to to, yeah. to talk about like the fact that they shot the funeral scene in october of 2017 they shot this they shot that yeah it's referenced as being the most complicated scheduling shot in the history of cinema because they had to because nobody's there digitally they're all there like i, I okay i get it you got to match up schedules let's just calm down yeah. about it's the most difficult thing 
so they're all told and her in the chariot race <laughs> i know i know like immediately i'm thinking about the ending in 1917 when he's running and the bombs are going off like no no, no i got you this is, this is terrible we had, we had to make sure michael douglas's yeah. schedule lined up yeah. with the, the kid that plays yeah. harley keener give me a break they told everyone this was a funeral scene and then they showed up and oh no i'm sorry they it's told wedding it was scene. a wedding then they showed up, and but then oh, by the way, no, it's a funeral. But I'm thinking to myself, if Robert Downey Jr. is not there, you I all think know he was there though. So is he in? The, so do they have him in the front and they pretend they shoot? They they were they shoot him? I thought so. I okay. thought that was the story that he was also there okay. because they can't give Tom Holland this information because it was going to end up on Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> <laughs> he can't keep his mouth shut. No, that's why he needs a babysitter. See, that's so emba- they that's embarrassing for the Infinity War press. I know, tour, I know. They had, they, they yeah. put Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. next. That's to That's embarrassing. Him all the time. That's embarrassing. Yeah. He's a kid. He's in. A, he's in his twenties. He's not a kid anymore. He's not on his own. He, he's. Oh no, he's in the. He's in. Well, he's okay. He's a, Holl- he's a Hollywood kid. I got you. I was gonna say he's still on his parents' health insurance. I'm, well, I'm, <laughs> they're probably on his now. If he even knows how to sign up. All right. So let's get into the differences between the movie and the comic. I don't know where you want to go with this. You start. Just, right. just give me. Give me something. All right. I'm going to go down my list. All right. Maybe we do this quick. Yeah. It's really more about. These are like the Easter. Movies. A lot of these yeah. are Easter egg stuff. Thanos's armor used as a scarecrow is just like the end of Infinity Gauntlet. Go. Yeah, that's true. So after he. True. That's true. <laughs> that's right. Lightning round. No. So after uh, Adam Warlock defeats him at the end of Infinity Gauntlet, Thanos retires essentially and just goes to live on his garden planet and he hangs up his armor in a scarecrow format. And so it's meant to scare off and ward off any visitors. But. Adam Warlock just walks right by it and you know, right. sees that Thanos is living peacefully. Excellent. Danvers short hair is from the modern design. The red sash is a belt. Also her red costume, black shoulder pads are from Captain Marvel. So yeah. explain her look, I guess. Yeah. So this is just an in visual director, Andy Park, who worked on this on the movie, basically tried to tie in a lot of key elements of all of Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel's history. The sash comes from Miss Marvel is when she wore like a black kind of one piece and had the uh, the sash, you know, off to the side as like a belt. The red and blue flight suit that we see in Captain Marvel is here again. That's more of a modern look. And then the red and black, blackish blue coloring is originally goes back to the Marvel days. Okay. And so, and then yeah, they they shortened her hair. Speaking of Danvers, and we talked about it briefly. Her and Rhodey in the comics now have a relationship. Yes, they do. Well, what's up with that? Yeah, they're just. They like each other, but she's not okay. But I, I'm, I'm probably she's on Earth. She's, she's Earth right. based. She, right. She's not like the Captain Marvel in the movie. So that's yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. That, that's probably why it's confusing me. Like, you yeah. know, why would? Why and would there's she fly one more back? note I have about her in it, and and we'll get to it. Good. Well, I wanted to touch on the two main deaths that we see in this film, and that's Iron Man and Black Widow. Right. Death in comics are just a revolving door. People are are in and out. They die all the time. They come back. Sometimes it's a fake. Sometimes it's not. So Tony died. He faked his death once died one time and then most recently he's died in a series called civil war two and we talked about civil war two and captain marvel it's essentially a minority report like situation where there's a a mutant who has a, a precog ability who can predict crime instead of reading civil war two just go watch minority report awesome movie tony and several of the avengers say no 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 that's not how we roll captain marvel is like well what, no we could save you know a lot of people we could stop a lot of crimes before they happen and so, of course, the two sides face off. Captain Marvel ends up punching Tony to death. Ice. And Jeez. he dies in uh, Spider-Man. But at this point, it was Miles Morales. But he dies in Spider-Man's arms. Okay. And so he returns in an AI format with uh, Riri Williams, a.k.a. Ironheart, who are going to get the show on on Disney+. Plus. Okay. So just keep that in mind. You know, if they really hurt for, mo- hurting for fans... Oh. 
get Downey that uh, that dump truck full of cash. Just, um, just to walk into the sound booth and yeah, yeah, great, yeah. Great. Uh, and then the second one was Black Widow. So during the Secret Empire storyline, which I think we you had a question about before, worlds altered where Captain America is an agent of Hydra, and in an attempt to assassinate this Hydra Cap, Black Widow, you know, it fails and Black Widow dies in the process. So the panel that they show her lying there dead where it's shot from overhead is very similar to how we see her laying on the floor of the, I guess the cave or whatever that is in Boromir. Okay. Uh, so I wanted to touch on those two, but since we're on the Captain Marvel yeah, thing. Sure. The merged Professor Hulk compared to the Banner Hulk look in the end game. I don't even know what that note means. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So per, uh, Professor Hulk, I think we may have touched on it back in Incredible Hulk, but that was a long time ago. He first appeared in Incredible Hulk number 377 really exactly the same idea that we see here. And it's that the strength of Hulk plus the brains of banner without all that emotional baggage. Was it, was he also, a uh, was he also a, a fan hog and he always took selfies and well, it was in the, was it the eighties or the early nineties? So okay. it was before a lot of this stuff, but he was a lot more accepted by the team. It had nothing to do with gamma radiation. It was Banner had a lot of emotional issues. His his father had beat his mother to death. And so he had this trauma. They cover that in the 2003 Eric Banner movie, which was on the other day. And I was watching. <laughs> it's, was, was Hulk looks terrible, but it's not bad. Uh, yeah, it's OK. Yeah, it's it's Nick Nolte's it's, a little weird. Yeah. So it has nothing to do with gamma radiation. He just has to come to terms with this emotional trauma that he grew up with. And when he finally does, he's able to kind of merge the two things. So. You know, he's got a little bit more human-like features, wears clothes, kind of like a, a uh, almost like a wrestling suit type thing is what they designed him in, but okay. similar to what we get here. All right. The time travel suits are from the Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Yes. Uh, this is real quick. So Earth's Mightiest Heroes was a Disney XD show, and it ran for about two seasons. They, they're space suits. They're not time travel suits in the show, but they're space suits and they, they're red and blue, but they incorporate a lot more of the uh, Avengers iconography in each of their suits. But that's it. Okay. Speaking of time travel, the inspiration for some of the time travel moments are from Avengers Forever. Yes. So I think we touched on this a couple episodes ago, but Avengers Forever was a uh, limited series from 98 to 99 by Kurt Busiek. It is all about time travel. So Rick Jones, who was a friend of the Incredible Hulk and later friend of the Avengers, he has now the ability to pull Avengers from different timelines, including uh, Captain America from the past, Yellow Jacket, a.k.a. Hank Pym, another Hank Pym, and Janet Van Dyne, Hawkeye, uh, this character who's associated with the Thunderbolts, Songbird, and uh, Genisvel, uh, a later version of Captain Marvel, who is the son of the original Marvel. So they face off against a character named Immortus, who's an older version and a, a more evil version of Kang the Conqueror, who was one of the Avengers' bigger time traveler villains. He's supposed to be rumored to be... He's going to be in Ant-Man 3 okay. and Quantumania. So they go back in time to the Old West, to the 50s and into the future, and they time hop all over the place. And so this is just really... A lot of this inspiration comes about a ragtag group of Avengers time hopping. There's always a ragtag group. It's always a ragtag. Is it never not a ragtag group? Clip Barton, we talked about this about Ronan. So explain Ronan, but like he's the let's first put it this way. The snap doesn't happen in the comics, does it? It does. Okay. Not like this though. Okay. So does is Ronan come about during the snap? No. Okay. So it's just real briefly yeah, explain yeah, yeah. the Ronan stuff. First Ronan was actually a character named 
Echo or Maya Lopez. And so she's a, a, a deaf Native American character who falls in love with Matt Murdock, but she's tasked. Hold on. Time out. AK Daredevil. She, I know who Daredevil is. She's deaf and Murdock's blind. <laughs> yeah. And they decided to put them together in the comics. Come on. Yeah. Nobody gave them crap for that. It was like 1998. <sighs> Go ahead. Yeah. So she she falls in love with Matt Murdock, but her echo, you know, as Echo, she's basically like an assassin. She's working with Kingpin to defeat Daredevil. And so she fights with him until she realizes Matt and Daredevil are one and the same. What's her power? Uh, master hand-to-hand combat. So why is she Echo? Because she can't hear? That's why they call her Echo? Like, I'm thinking like, I'm thinking like she does something where she can hear. I don't, think so. a, it, I don't remember. I haven't really. Interesting. So she showed up in the Daredevil comics in like the late 90s. Right, but no, but, I'm going to give you the timeline yeah, yeah, yeah. here. She joins the new Avengers around, I think it was like 2004. As far as I can tell, we haven't really seen much of her since. So I really haven't read that much about it. Because it makes more sense that if Daredevil's called Echo because he needs to use echolocation yeah. to know where things are because he can't see her called Echo seems like like she's it's a name to kind of like, oh, you can't hear your name's Echo. Well, that seems wrong I'm to me. Yeah, I'm looking her up. Inappropriate. Come on, Marvel. No, no, she, she's just Olympic level athlete, martial artist, acrobat, and uh, photographic reflexes is what they. What does that mean? I have no idea. She can remember when people move their elbows. I guess you moved your elbow eighty degrees. I know that because I have photographic reflexive memory. What? Yeah, I don't know. I don't anyway. Like, I don't understand this character. You don't have to. Okay, all right. So when is this Disney Plus show coming out? <laughs> She's going to be in the Hawkeye. Oh, is she really? Yeah, she is. Maybe we'll get a better explanation. We'll get a better explanation there. So she gets captured um, by the hand, the evil ninja organization from Daredevil lore. On the rescue mission, Barton, uh, Clint Barton, who was killed in Avengers Disassembled by Scarlet Witch when she went crazy. Hint, hint. Ooh. She, he comes back to life somehow and he just shows up and he's like, okay, let's go save her. And his Hawkeye gear is nowhere to be found. So he just takes the Ronin costume to go rescue Echo. Are you saying that Scarlet Witch is going to kill Hawkeye on the show? She's going to do something. All right. Well, by the time this episode comes out, the show's practically over. We're talking about WandaVision? Yeah. Yeah. So he just takes the Echo one. And so he wears it. And then Echo says, or he takes the Ronin costume and Echo says, yeah, yeah, fine. You could keep it. No big deal. And so he wears the Ronin costume for a while. He eventually goes back to becoming Hawkeye. In the a recent series from 2020, Hawkeye wears both his normal one and then the Ronin suit when he's trying to be more menacing and, and more anti-hero like. Uh, it doesn't really work for him as he crosses a couple lines and gets the Avengers on him. I'm surprised more superheroes haven't done this in terms of just go after the bad guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm surprised. Oh. Right, I know I said briefly and that wasn't brief at all about explaining that Ronin. The, that's that fine. the best I could do. We talked about the fan service moment, moment about Cap wielding Thor's hammer. Mm-hmm. What comic does that come from? So there's two. There was the Mighty Thor number 380. That was back when Steve was just going by the captain. He, he had been disillusioned by the government and was no longer going by Captain America. And so he picked it up as, as a nod to the fact that, you know, just because he's not Captain America, he is still worthy of these powers. And then uh, the more recent one is another series we've touched on a few times. It's called Fear Itself, in which he's able to wield the hammer. And there's a great big splash page of him yelling, Avengers Assemble. Yeah, I was going to say that's in the comic, yeah. but not, that's never... Never said anywhere else. Yeah. Um, oh, no, Avengers Assemble? I meant in the movies. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you buy the theory that he could lift the, the hammer in 
Avengers, the first one, right? And he oh, faked Age of it. Ultron. Yeah, when they were doing. Do I don't buy, buy the theory? theory that he faked it. Okay, I don't think that's in him to fake that. Okay, so he just yeah yeah he just he wasn't ready. But he, he does was, that mean that when Thor sees him pick it up and he goes, "I knew it." Thor probably knew, like, oh, I did see it move. I right. know you could. You they wish the they pot- have that in the thing. Yeah, you have it. the potential of being worthy. Yeah, and then here you are. Right. Okay. You could make a case that he's more worthy than Thor at, at this point at the end game because yeah. Thor gave up. He shouldn't have Thor shouldn't have been worthy to care to to carry Stormbreaker at all. Right. Yeah. Anyways, Morgan Stark is based off Howard Stark the third, who was Tony and Pepper's son in Invincible Iron Man number five hundred. That's from twenty eleven. So Morgan Stark actually has three different interpretations okay. in, in it. So Morgan Stark originally is a cousin of Tony's in the nineteen sixties. And he felt that his father was cheated by his uncle, Howard Stark. And so he spent a number of issues trying to take Stark Industries from Tony. Uh, he actually ends up going down this deep, villainous rabbit hole. Uh, like like, like that. that happens often. Yeah, as, as one does. <laughs> the second one is in the Ultimate Universe, which we've touched on a couple of times. Is he's taken captive at the same time Tony is in his origin story. But he's killed while to- Tony's trying to escape. Okay. And then the third character who you're talking about, who's Howard Stark the third. He is the son of Tony and Pepper in an alternate dimension. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Where the Mandarin's a ruler. Howard is actually a, a, a cyborg who, who wears pieces of the war machine armor. And he's, he's tracking down those who are resisting the Mandarin. Eventually, he has a change of heart and he ends oh. up dying in service of the resistance. But I, I don't really see. I think this was just if they took this name Morgan. Gotcha. From the, the first two. Right. More than anything. All right. Did you get the Secret Wars reference of Hulk holding up the rubble for Rocket and War Machine? That like the note I have. Did you even under get that? I knew when what you, you first meant. Saw the, no, I meant like when you watched the movie. No, when I watched the movie, doing, not at all. Like Secret Wars. No. Okay. Not at all. So in the Secret Wars comic, the original one, when they're all brought to Battle World to face off against various villains and and hero teams, I think it's issue number four. Mm-hmm. It has a mountain falling on all of the Avengers, and Hulk is holding it up, and and so that's the cover. But the inside the story, it's the same thing where you're just kind of blocking the rubble from falling on the rest of them. I'm 99% certain Rocket and War Machine aren't in that. Story. <laughs> All right. So, so I, yeah. I, you know, it's it's a cute little thing, I guess, but it really doesn't. I got gotcha. you. It's not important. What's funny is that we have yet to talk about the all female Avengers. We've scene. talked about it a couple other right. times, but that's fine. And we could get to it a little bit later, yeah. but it's a reference to A-Force. Yes. Is that? That feels to me like a hindsight 2020. Oh, this was a reference to that. Not as we have all been told where it was just, hey, let's shoot this. They, we want to do this. Let's add it in. What do you mean? Like it, like when we always reference the all-female Avengers scene, it's always, oh, it was a reshoot. They yeah, wanted right. to put it together. I didn't realize that it was because, oh, it happened in A-Force. Let's do it here. I, I think it, I don't think they pulled it directly from A Force. Okay, well, what's the what's A Force? So A Force, it's actually one of our recommended readings today, but it's um, Avengers team with an all female lineup, and basically any single female character, maybe non, mostly non X Men related, that's in the Marvel universe is tied to this team, and so it it only ran about fifteen issues. Do you it, have to be a member of A Force if you are on the Avengers and a female? Are you automatically put into the A Force? I don't know. That's a good question. It only had 15 issues and they don't go that far. Was and it? most of the issues were tied into the second Secret Wars series. Is Echo on the A-Force? No. <laughs> okay. 
No. Let's just say it's not a bad read. And that's why it's it's on there. Comic books are mostly a male fandom. Uh, yeah, no, no kidding. And when you try to do something like this, they don't take to it well. Because they're Grow stupid. up. Yeah. <laughs> and it just didn't get the uh, the life that it needed. Yeah. Well, grow up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thor wielding Stormbreaker. And I can't ever say this name. Mjolnir. 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 Whatever. Together is from the God Butcher slash God Bomb story. No. Uh, You're shaking yeah, your head. Yes no? and no. Okay. So first of all, uh, Gore the God Butcher is going to show up in Thor Love and Thunder, played by Christian Bale. So I'm not going to go too deep into what he okay. does, but he actually wields two Mjolnirs. Seems like he butchers, butchers gods. So yeah. That's what. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. And there's a, a God Bomb. Ooh. Ooh. It's a really relatively new series. I think it was like 2018, 2019. So it's it's really recent. And then the fact that they're adapting it already is is interesting. <laughs> But he he doesn't wield Stormbreaker and Mjolnir. He wields Storm uh, Mjolnir and a second Mjolnir. Ooh, two. Yeah, I'm not gonna tell you where he gets them. Um, he tries it time travel. <laughs> but in the Secret Invasion series, when the scrolls have come to invade Earth and have already been in Earth, that's when he wields both. Well, that'll never happen because they're good now. They're refugees. Yeah, but that's when he wields both Mjolnir and Stormbreaker. Yep. Okay. The double cap fight. Double cap fight. It's from Captain America number 156. That is America's ass. That's the Hydra one, right? Or no? No. Okay. No, no, no. So after the popularity of comics kind of died following World War II, they didn't re- and especially these wartime heroes that were really all about American patriotism and, and selling war bonds and, and fighting Nazis. When the Nazis were defeated, they didn't really have much to do. And so, you know, the, the sales on Captain America weren't great. When they were changed the story so cap bucky you know assumingly died in the explosion and cap was frozen they had to explain away why there was still captain america through the 50s and fighting communism and so it was said that this character named william burnside was chosen to replace steve rogers and he went so far and so crazy because he took a experimental dose of super soldier serum he did plastic surgery, so he looked like Steve Rogers. He even <laughs> changed his name to become Steve Rogers. And it really... Convenient. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is the kind of comic book retcons that yeah. <laughs> are weird. But he got so crazy or, or so... He ended up leading a team of white supremacists. Oh, my God. Yeah, and so he wanted to still keep, kill Steve Rogers. And so... In in that issue that you referenced, that's when they face off against each other, basically for the mantle of Captain America. Okay. Guess who wins? Uh, well, I would say Steve Rogers, but yes. they're both named Steve Rogers. The good Steve Rogers. Obviously. Not the, not the white supremacist. <laughs> not Steve the terrorist Steve Rogers. All right. So my last one is Black Widow killed Clint's family in the Ultimates. Yes. So do you remember the Ultimates, the alternate time, alternate universe where they try to make things a little bit more real and a little bit more gritty? I remember a lot of our ultimate notes throughout the podcast have been about wardrobes. <laughs> yeah. And they pull a lot from the ultimates in terms of wardrobes and costumes and things uh, in the second ultimate series. So the one that they really pulled from was ultimates one. That's, you know, how they put together a team. That's where a lot of the costumes came in the second one. Black widow was revealed to be a spy on the ultimates. And so as part of the turn, she kills Hawkeye's family who Hawkeye later kills her in revenge. Obviously. It don't it just the ultimate series goes completely off the rails following the first one. Okay. And they, it got to the point where it required a soft reboot 
mm-hmm. which was also when the only series that was really chugging along and performing well and telling a cohesive story was the Ultimate Spider-Man series. Sure. And later, eventually, they that's they killed off Peter Parker in that series to make way for Miles Morales. But yeah, just this is just a, <laughs> okay. Just ignore it. All right, I, I'm I'm ignoring it. Um, all right. So that's all I have for comic connections and we'll, let's get into some MCU stuff, but yeah. I, I guarantee you, this is just going to turn into us talking about the movie again, which is fine because mm-hmm. there's still more stuff to unpack. I always lead off. Why don't you give me something? I guess does the inclusion, we kind of touched on this one, but does the inclusion of Thor, the dark world, that scene, and then uh, the ancient one from Dr. Strange make those more forgotten movies more important now in retrospect? The Thor one makes me just feel like it doesn't make me want to watch the movie again. Right. Okay, it, it doesn't really add anything to that movie mm-hmm. for me. The one with the the ancient one was a little bit more interesting because she already knows her end, and she's never. And the whole fact that she doesn't know, she knows how she ends. She doesn't know beyond that, but she knows what Strange is going to become, mm-hmm. and she knows that when if Strange gave the stone away, then she's wrong. She needs to do what she needs to follow along. Yes. I like that. I thought yeah. that was a lot more interesting. The Thor stuff was just kind of like, Hey, we're back here. Yeah. It's almost like in back to the future Two when it's not George McFly because they couldn't get, because George, uh, Chris McLaurin <laughs> want to do it. And they had George McFly be upside down and you're mm-hmm. like, Oh my God, that's him. But you know, it's stuff like that. So even though it still works. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I, I, I appreciated the ancient one more. Plus let's be honest. The ancient one, is more of an exposition scene too, because it talks about the alternate realities. It gives Banner right. the reason why they have to go back and replace it. And so it sets up the whole cap stuff at the end. So that's a little bit more within tune of the story. I yeah. Guess. The, the Thor scene is a little bit more catharsis for only Thor. Right. And then again, it's played by laughs with rocket running like rocket goes. It doesn't really do anything on that team. Like he's just there to go. He, he goes off screen and then he comes running back yeah. into screen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I agree with you on that one. I, I do appreciate more the Dr. Strange piece than the, than the Thor piece. So the show Loki starting off when he takes the Tesseract, right? Yes. Okay. Is that, was that always the intent? Probably. Okay. So, cause, so when they're doing the movie and the Tesseract gets loose and Loki grabs and leaves, you're telling me that they were like, well, then we're going to do a Loki show, right? Or they just were like, well, no, we need to get them together because we need to get Tony and his father to say goodbye. Because they have to go back to... The- I think it was... I think maybe they said, oh, well, what if... What if Loki picks it up? And right. then somebody probably said, okay, but what if we also take that thread somewhere else and give him right, another but, movie or a show? But, here's so, the th- but when Loki takes a Tesseract, yeah. which I'm fine with the whole setting up Loki story. Okay, they want to have a show with Loki, fine, whatever. That Tesseract needs to come back in order to continue. How's that happening? Because Cap's not doing that. Cap's bringing it back to the base. He's bring, Yeah, he's bringing it back to 1970. So Loki has disrupted the timeline and nobody is talking about how we're going to fix that. And if you're telling me it's going to be explained to Loki, fine. But it's going to be. I think it's going to be explained yeah. to Loki. Right. So he the trailers indicate that he is uh, he's been captured by uh, like time masters who are. He's like going to be solving crimes and stuff, right? Space uh, time crimes. Yeah. Time yeah. crimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Loki time crime detective. Oh man. Is he going to be like John claude Van Damme and time cop doing splits? Probably. Did you see time cop? No. You've never seen time. I've cop? never seen time cop. It's not. I'm not telling you right now. It's his, it's one of the better Jean claude Van Damme movies, but it's not like, you know, <laughs> I'm not talking citizen Kane here, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think a lot of moments in this setup, the three core Disney plus shows, we just talked about Loki. The second one being WandaVision. 
you know, she has two moments in this, which one was the, I love, I love the scene where she confronts Thanos and she's like, you took everything from me. And he's just like, I don't know who you are. It <laughs> was fantastic. And, but we see that her powers are increased when she's upset and she's angry and she starts hurling her red magic at him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so you also have the, the exchange at the end w- between her and Jeremy Renner, which if you want more of Elizabeth Olsen and Jeremy Renner, go check out wind river. Oh, excellent yeah. movie. That's a great film. Yeah. That has such an awesome ending. Yeah. Love that movie. But she says in it, you know, oh, I, you know, they're like, oh, if only they knew that we won. And she's like, well, they do. So, you know, they're referencing, he's referencing Natasha. She's referencing her vision. brother. Yeah. No, vi- uh, oh, uh, vision. Uh, what about her brother? See, that's the thing. Like, you kind of forget about the brother. But that, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm sitting there going, so who are we talking about? The brother? It's got to be the brother. Vision? We're just, whatever. I think it was vision. That's, that's messed up. <laughs> what about her brother? We don't talk about that here. No, apparently. Apparently, whatever. I'll tell you this. There was no mention of Sokovia Accords in this movie, so we're good. <laughs> so spoilers for, I think, the third episode of WandaVision. They, uh, mentioned, no, they, they come mentioned up. Sokovia, and I was just about to text Mike. So in, in the show, uh, Monica, or, yeah, Monica Rambeau is, is this Carol, uh, character Geraldine in the WandaVision world, and she says something about Pietro and and. Wanda slips into her Sokovian accent and says, yeah, Pietro, no, we, who are you? Get out of here. We don't talk about him. Uh, anyways, moving That's the on. same case in this film. We don't talk about Pietro. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, well, a, go ahead. No, I was going to say Sam and Bucky is the, they're setting up the Falcon winter soldier show. That's that feels that move that show, which I, we have not seen and maybe it's out by the time this is out, but that show feels like it's like an eighties action. I hope so. A team show. You know I what I mean? So. Like, Oh, that's fine. That's what I'm saying. That, that show feels like it's on its own and it doesn't have any connection to anything. We're just it's off doing our own thing. Fine with me. I'm fine with that too. I <laughs> wanted to be burn notice meets Jack Ryan. Uh, burn notice. Burn notice is, is good in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. Let me take this note. So the reason why, which is the explanation that I'm giving that I was given, excuse me, that Sam can tell Captain on your left, which everyone loves, is because Shuri gave him that technology. Like, that's the whole reason why he can communicate with them. Oh, you mean the, 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 their, the, their explanation, the, the explanation that I'm given in these notes is that the reason why he can talk to him is because Shuri's gave him that because the technology, like, because they were in Wakanda. Hmm. I, like, that's such a, like, I don't need t- that. I know. I, I know. I don't that. need that. I, that's what I'm saying. Just to get to the point of the end game when they all come back. It's fantastic when they all come back. Yes. Everyone loves yes. it. But these people have not been in this movie for, for two and a half hours. And they just show up. And, you know, you're supposed to, like, when you talk about Scarlet Witch, you mm-hmm. took everything. You're just like, well, I have to remember back to watching the movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, to, in the first time when she kills Vision, you know, like, all the goodness of the first fight between when Black Panther and Captain America were fighting and they're running. That was an yeah. awesome scene. But, like, that's that lost now. And here's the other thing. The army they bring is just the Wakandan army. No, they bring the... Um, Who else? Uh, Doctor Strange's... Uh, oh, some of the. They're like 30 of those guys and they're just doing the shields and stuff. <laughs> Did you want more? Is this everyone? I, all I'm saying is that... All I'm saying is that... Bring whatever, what, they bring whatever... They bring space armies. What space army? They br- Korg has some space army people. Okay, so we're supposed to... We're supposed to assume that they called all these other people when Captain Marvel showed up. She brought a, a group no, with her. No, 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 no. Exactly. Korg is in one of the portals. All I'm saying is that the Avengers owe a lot to the Wakandan army because yeah, it, they the do. Wakandan army is what fought in the first one in the Infinity War yeah. and they fought in this one. Yeah, and it's do. like 
you better be doing something to help them out because yeah. they, they probably lost a lot of people. Yes, they did. And then all those people who blipped away and then blipped back. Now they're just going to get up and get ready to fight. That's the thing, too, because and we talk about and I don't want to keep talking about WandaVision, but. When they took when they show the Monica Rambeau stuff and they're flipping back, that mm-hmm. was probably the best way I've seen it when they come back because everyone's just like they don't know they've been gone for five years, right? And they're all bumping into each other. That's the thing; it's disorienting. Yes, like you're all you've all just come back. You didn't realize you were gone, and then and then someone's got to explain to you you've been gone for five years, right? By the, way, by the way, we need to go fight, so let's go. Well, and then the other thing that happens that's a nice really short little line in WandaVision is when the director of sword says to Monica Rambeau, it's been three days since everyone blipped back. You're the first one to come back to work. So uh, people he says three weeks, but oh, yes. three weeks, yeah, oh, yeah, three yeah, weeks. Yeah, but even, yeah. so that makes it even, you know, yeah, people don't, people aren't coming back to their normal lives right, right away. Right. Exactly. Like it's, it's, so I think that's, I thought they did that well in this, in yes. this, in the show. Um, one of my notes about the blip. So, uh, well, we, we, they call it the blip, right? We, it's yeah, the they blip. call it the blip. Yeah. yeah. And they kind of reference it a little in Far From Home, which is next week. So when Scott Lang is walking around, and he's looking for everything. Mm-hmm. Trash is all over the place. Like, you know, like, like everything, like it's like, it's <laughs> like a, out the entire every, sanitation. Every, everything's like, it's all like, it's almost like <laughs> civilization is lost. Okay, fine. But you had time to build a giant memorial but then take down the trash. For, for all these people that died and, and car and like, that project takes at least a year and a half to do, maybe two. If but, more but to get the congressional. Nobody decided. Yeah, yeah. Nobody decided to take over the waste management of the town. Uh, what, uh, you can't uh, like when they show like City Field, and the only reason they show City Field is because uh, Syndergaard. No, Syndergaard is a pitcher for the Mets, and his nickname is Thor, and that's a big connection with that. That's that's why they do. That's why City Field's the Met. That's why it's there. Also, but, it was already empty to begin with. So true. Oh, like- oh, oh, very <laughs> funny, Pat. Very funny. Anyways, I'm um, a Mets fan. I am. And your Red Sox sucks. So anyways, <laughs> but they go over it and you just see like, it's like all these cars, everything's desolate. It's like, so is it this bad or is it not this bad? Yeah. Like what's the balance of where we are in five years? The only argument that I could make in Endgame is that when all these characters that they brought back to make this fight happen, they had all blipped out for the most part while they were fighting Thanos, all the Wakandans, all the remaining Avengers, they knew the story. So like when Valkyrie, she didn't get blipped out, but I imagine Wong or strange went to her and said, Hey, we got to go fight. The Avengers need us. She hops on her Pegasus and and says, let's go. (laughs) Where is her Pegasus been by the way? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I didn't see it when they visited new Asgard. (laughs) So I think, you know, when Tony pops back, so when you're or not Tony, when um, Spider-Man and all the characters in the Guardians that were on Titan, the only the last thing they remember is feeling a little ill, and then they show, then right. they're there, so they're not mass. Um, well, they're they not flipping back. They just disappear. They don't understand what's happening. Yeah, right. They he disappeared was, for like Spider-Man's the only one that says something, and they explain that because of his Spidey sense. You're right. Yeah. He's like, oh, you know, I felt yeah. a little weird, but and same thing with with the Wakandans. You know, they disappeared, but. Last thing that they remembered, they were in the fight against Thanos. Right. So to grab them and say, "Hey, it's time to go fight," I can see that argument. I can see why they were. But aren't able to they still? Aren't they tired? I don't know. <laughs> so it's not as it's it's more meaningful for the people who have been fighting for like Cap, who's yeah. who's been, but and the audience. But for people showing up, it's like, oh, here we go again. We got right. it's not as like, yeah, it's just like, oh man. They all look very refreshed and relaxed. Yeah. It's like uh, okay. 
uh, yeah, nobody had any injuries from Infinity War. Yeah. From that when they get blipped back and they're like, ah, you know, yeah. like they're still like banged up. We gotta go. No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> um. Speaking of that, so apparently Hulk's arm damage is irreparable. His arm is going to be like that forever now for the She-Hulk series. I would assume. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Which we saw that with Thanos because when he when he did it and then he destroyed it again, he was he's like, oh, this almost killed me. Right. And you know, he tried to say that it, you know, took my, you know, I have the gamma radiation, I can absorb this, but it still mm-hmm. wrecked them. Couple things while we're on Hulk, I thought you can't hold a stone. What do you mean? The, one of the, the stones. You, you can't, can't hold, hold the stones. You, you can't. The, you in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, he's too. He's too. Humans can't hold a stone because it would disintegrate him. But because he's part ego, part right, he he was able to withstand it. But he was still like kind of like burning up. That's yeah, the yeah. whole thing. Okay. And when Thanos grabs the physical, physically grabs the stone in this one, it you can tell it affects him, and then he uses to punch Captain Marvel. Okay. Yeah. But when the ancient one gives the time stone to Banner, it's just like, yep, all right, thanks. There's no issue. She takes it out of the thing. It floats out. He holds it. And it's just like, yeah, I know he's not holding it, mm-hmm. but eventually he's going to hold it. But we don't say anything. Yeah, that's a good point. They didn't pick up any okay. type of containment unit for any of these things. Yeah. yeah. So I don't understand why that that's we're just Mike. It's a movie. OK, fine. But uh, yeah, still, no, that's a good point. My other thing with Hulk is I'm not a huge fan of the smart Hulk. I, Neither I, I like the joke when they're doing the uh, selfies and then yeah. the joke carries on with Scott Lang. I was just like, Scott, please end this joke. This joke's not funny. This this whole selfie crap is it's, not funny. It was it was a painful yeah. little skit. It's, and it's dumb. I feel bad for the whole character because they just do everything to him off screen. Yeah. And I know that's part of. And they make the, him goof. I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah. But they make him goofy. They do make him. When he's goofy. trying to like do the time travel thing. I don't know what's going on. Come yeah. on. Like. Like and then he's stuff. time travel. And it's like, yeah, yeah it just, when did this happen? It, what they do to Hulk is really unfortunate. Well, the whole banner character throughout the time when you first meet him, I'm not talking about Ed Norton, but yeah, actually we should talk about that. He is serious. He is, you know, upset, depressed, and he just gradually turns into this goofball at the end. Yeah. You know, and it's like, there's no, there's never been really a moment where he has come to terms with himself Oh, wait, no, there is, but it was off screen between Infinity War and Endgame, right. and now we're supposed to accept it. Yeah. It's, you're right. It's really kind of unfortunate. Especially when they, they line him up as one of the big six Avengers. Yeah. And even if, you know, I know Black Widow hasn't gotten her movie yet, and who knows when that'll come out, but oh, within sure the story pushed. of the film, we're able to get, get a complete picture about her from all, you know, if you, you go back to oh, Black Aven- Widow. Black Widow. You know, you go back to Avengers, then go into Winter Soldier, Age of Ultron. Oh, even back to Iron Man th- uh, 3. Oh, right? Iron Man 2, yeah. Iron Man 2, right. Yeah. Yeah. So you get the full, you're able to see in these little pieces of her, and, and same thing with Hawkeye, in these little pockets of screen time that they were able to get without having a solo movie. Right. You get a full story with them. They, yeah. They can come to terms with their journey. Hulk, you don't get. You that. don't get any. You don't get any. He never goes back to Betty Ross or whatever. He never goes back to you. Know, we th- we see Thunderbolt constantly. Yep. But there's never a scene with him with it with Banner. Thunderbolt's at the. Funeral. He's at the funeral for crying out loud. <laughs> but we never see any kind of scene between Banner and Thunderbolt. Right. Hey, how's Betty doing? Like nothing. Nothing. Like it's no. just kind of like completely. Nah, we're not talking about her. Like we moved on. 
So yeah, it's really, it's not good. It's, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, I'm going to say it, it's just, it's not, they could have done better. They yeah, should have done, they should have yep. done more. So I, that's a lot of my notes. I do want to go back to the all female Avenger scene, not to throw shade on it. We've already talked about, not in a bad way. We've talked about it from all angles, but I wanted to, I'm talking about within the movie. Why is Gamora there? She doesn't know any of these people. <laughs> she did, This is she 2014 just, Gamora. She just shows up. She's there. He'll help you out. You don't know any of these people. Okay, number one, why is she there? Why is Hope there? Isn't she doing other things? Isn't she supposed to be helping Scott? She was like in the explosion. Yeah, this is, it's a really, first of all, you're right about Gamora because she's she's not even good Gamora from the Guardian. She's, she's 2014 she's Gamora pre-Guardian. Yeah, she knows that she does. She hates Thanos. Yes. And she knows she's going to do everything to stop Thanos and because she doesn't want that to happen. But she's not really aligned with anybody else. She's you know right. what I mean? You, th- you think she'd just want to get out of there. And here's the other thing. When Iron Man snaps his fingers. Why doesn't she? Disappear? Why doesn't she go? Yeah. Yeah. How does he know? Like, who's deciding whether that she's no, no, no. She was actually well, doing some good stuff. Why so. isn't Tony just thinking snap away all of Thanos's army? And then that's it. Like, that's yeah. his thought. How is he saying snap away all of Thanos's army except for that green chick oh, wait, that yeah, just kicked Peter Quill in the don't balls? Don't do that, girl, because she's really cool. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and don't and do, yeah. Services the plot. Yeah, exactly. It services the plot there. <laughs> Which speak? I want to. I want to end on this one. When Tony snaps his fingers and says, "I am Iron Man," right? That was filmed in post production. Yeah, that was a reshoot. They that was a reshoot. Back. The yeah. editor said, eh, "This isn't really working. This isn't you know this this doesn't work for us." How? Was that a reshoot? Why was that not the first line written of this script? He didn't want to do it, too. I know he didn't want to do it, but why? I, I don't understand why that wasn't. That's the central line throughout all these movies is Tony coming to terms of being Iron Man, you know, understanding what his path was and being the hero and finally sacrificing it all. And he's tried right. to and you know, Captain America calls him out in Avengers. You don't want to be the one to make the sacrifice play. Yeah. So many times Tony's been trying to save the world from the end game, which is Thanos finally Thanos, says because Thanos has been in his head. <laughs> yeah. Cause Thanos has been in, in his head. Why is this not the first line of this script written? I don't know because I don't know because a lot of, a lot of this script is, is, is hindsight rationalization about why things are happening. And the fact that, I mean, I get it. All scripts start weird. All stories start weird, but the fact that you're just like, I just wish I could kill Thanos and that kind of set off the events. Mm-hmm. I hear you. You have two, your main characters are, we talk about this all, all the time. Your main characters are Captain America, Steve Rogers, and Tony Stark as Iron Man. Those are the two mains all the time. And Cap's arc is getting a life, which is why you have his ending where he goes and gets a life. And and Tony's arc is, will he ever sacrifice his own life because Mm -hmm. he's selfish? And then you have that arc. So it makes absolute sense what happens at the end, even though I cannot stand when Cap leaves. Um, It's just ridiculous. But anyways, so yes, him saying I am Iron Man. Yeah, that's that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And he wasn't, he didn't want to do that. He, he didn't think he could get back to that place to do that scene. Which, I can't remember who he talked to, but he talked, I don't know if it was another actor or director or somebody and, and helped him realize, you know, understand, he should, you know, go back and do it. But he didn't, he, he didn't think he could do it. He didn't think he could go back and get to that moment, I guess. What would you think? How about this, Pat? Yeah. Rank the iconic moments in Endgame. Like, I don't even know how many there would be. Yeah. Is that up there? Is that number one? His snap? Is it Cap getting the hammer? I think the most iconic is probably the portal scene where Cap is standing there. 
Well, even before on your left, where Cap is standing there with a broken shield and a hammer, and he straps that to his broken arm, right. the shield to his broken arm, and you know he's just going to stand there, and he sees the whole army coming, and then the portals open up. And I think with the music playing, and then Falcon comes out and says, on your left, that's the most iconic scene. In the entire movie. In the entire movie. Okay. After that, it's the I am Iron Man with the snap scene. Then after that, it's probably Cap picking up the hammer for the first time and fighting. I really don't think any of the moments where they go back in time are that iconic because we've seen them before but having the exchange between uh, maybe number four would be cap and peggy the dancing the dancing and then five would probably be some of the the moments back in the 70s with him and howard stark yeah Uh, no stanley stanley's cameo driving by screaming no. no Uh, where would you put you you do it ah i do it um <laughs> i would think number one is uh the first openly gay character joe russo telling about it i'm just kidding <laughs> uh no i actually like the hammer more when he grabs the hammer and then thor yell and i knew it yeah i liked that i thought that was a really good moment i don't know if i consider the on your left moment or right there when he that I- iconic yeah. I think it's a great moment, but I don't know if it's, I would put it as an iconic status. Um, So the hammer, the snap is pretty good. It's just my problem with the snap is he takes so long to say it. Yeah. I am. Hang on for a second. I got to watch Iron Man. It just takes so long because you know it's coming. Yeah. So when you know it's coming, you kind of want it, you want it to come. And so you, 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 that line is so anticipated. As soon as he says, I and I, you know, it's coming. Mm -hmm. So you want that line to come faster. So that was my only thing with just the line read, but that's me. Who cares what I think? You don't think Captain Marvel, you don't think the guns coming up for Captain Marvel coming in is, yeah. is, is a good, I like that moment. Okay. I also like, I actually, I mean, I, I mean, we could put that one after my, I four. like, the, I like the moment where Tony realizes what he has to do and he looks the strange and strange yep. puts the one finger up. That's a nice moment because he's like basically telling him you got to die. Yeah. This that's, that's a nice moment. The realization of knowing like you, what you have to do is mm-hmm. probably more devastating than actually just doing it. Yes. Cause you know what I mean? So just when he realizes what has to happen, I think that's, that was probably a little bit stronger. Yeah. I see. I don't like none of the Thor stuff. I, I, like when he fights or when he becomes the thing, I don't, I don't care. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I, it's, it's nice to see when he wields both hand, when he dual yeah, wields the hammers, yeah. but I wouldn't put that, towards the top well when he's like sitting there at the top of the hill and thanos just i love i love thanos you know just i'm just gonna sit here and wait why uh oh for the story okay yeah i'm gonna and, wait they're gonna come to me yeah and thor is sitting there with his hands in his pockets and waiting and then he like oh and everything comes down yeah. like that's nice but that's not really iconic yeah. when the battle starts it's just chaos yeah exactly like it's a lot of chaos like the spider-man stuff i know i'm supposed to love when spidey comes back but like that whole scene when they come through the hole mm-hmm. and they and strange flies in and they all have their different entries and like I, all all i'm looking at all i'm looking at is mantis going like this way i'm like <laughs> what are you doing what are you fighting with and she's just like you know like that she's, stuff she's she's an empath she doesn't have any but she's like just, abilities she comes, that are gonna she comes help in her. And she does this move and i'm like what are you gonna do and it's, and Spider-Man, I, I don't, that doesn't really get to me. Yeah. Spider-Man's instant kill moment where he finally uses the instant kill thing. Okay. Okay. I, I Again, I don't mind Brie Larson in this movie. I think she's funny when she's, she's like, fine. I well, like yeah. her. You know what? What I really like in the beginning when she shows up and Thor 
calls for Stormbreaker and just flies right past her and she doesn't blink. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a really cool moment. And, and he's like, I like her. I like her. <laughs> and I wish we had yeah. more time of those two together. Yes. I almost yeah. wish that it was Rocket and I don't know how this would have played because they just kind of throw Rocket off stage for five minutes. But <laughs> if Thor and Mar- Captain Marvel went back in time together. I'm interested to see what Captain Marvel 2 is going to be. Yeah. Because I think you have a lot of potential there. But we'll see what it is. But yeah, I think like those are all the moments that I, that kind of jump out to me. I guess we'll, we could we could end with this question right here because we didn't touch on it, but Harley Keener shows back up, the kid from Iron Man 3. He's at the Which funeral Which you don't scene. know unless somebody knows. Right, you don't, he's like, who is that kid? It's yeah. like, uh, I have no idea. Yeah. Like, Why isn't his mom there? He's he got a kid to drive himself? Could be. It could be that old. Why do you just yell at Tony and say like, you, you, you're, I'm going to cure you. You're fine. You're a builder. Who sent... The invite to him though. Hey, like, who what's knows up? that Tony was still in touch with? Yeah, this, kid? this is like a, this is like a private memorial service. This isn't like the funeral scene you have. Like you, you probably had like a. I guarantee you, the the Tony Stark Iron Man funeral scene was almost like Lenin. Like, yeah, you, you know, you well, walk and, up and, and that's what I was. So reading the the Ultimate Spider Man comics and we talked about it where Peter Parker dies the, the, and that makes way for Miles Morales. His funeral is that St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York. That's what, and that, the entire that's what world comes there that's and they fill having. up St. Yeah. Patrick's Cathedral, which is enormous. And then you have miles of, of people on the outside just waiting to, to mourn and be there and everything. I almost wish we saw that too. You see some of it in Far From Home in terms of like when he's overseas and you see the big banners of Tony. Yeah. So you do see some remnants of that. But yeah, no, no, no. That's, that's what his... That's what will happen. This is like a private this is the- memorial service. Right. And unless they know that Tony was like putting this kid through college or something, maybe something like that. Could yeah, be. Yeah. That's a pretty big, that's a pretty big hot invite right there. So yeah. yeah right. Like, well, people were pissed off because other people weren't there. So who was everyone <laughs> mad about? Like some, cause some people weren't showing up. Why wouldn't you invite this person? Why wouldn't this person be there? Just- why couldn't Justin Hammer be there with like Thunderbolt? Why could my, my, my two favorite guys be hanging out together? Oh, I guess they didn't put Cassie Lang in there. Which, again, people need to get over the fact that Cassie Lang, this actress who played Cassie Lang, is not going to be Cassie Lang anymore. So chill out. Oh, here it is. Ten characters who should have been there. Uh, the general public we just talked about. Stark Industries employees. Why? No, it's a, Justin it's a, Hammer. This is, by the way, this is a Screen Rant article. So yeah. uh, take this with a grain of salt. Well, those first two, those first two are ridiculous. We just talked about this as a private memorial. Right. Uh, and yeah, do you really think Pepper Potts wants the public at her log cabin <laughs> walking around? I mean, we want Justin Hammer there, but there's no that, way Justin that's Hammer's me. Go. Yeah, that's me because I just want I just want to see. Can we just digitally put Sam Rockwell in the background dancing? <laughs> Here's a good one. According to the Screen Rant article, they wanted Christine Everhart. Remember the uh, why? First of all, first. Of so all. you want an old fling? <laughs> right. <laughs> Who in that funeral is Pepper Potts? Tony's now yeah. widow. Going to invite an old hookup of Tony yeah. to Tony's didn't funeral she kick her at out, her lock Didn't cabin. she kick her out of the bed one yes. time? Yeah, yeah, that's yes. that, that that's that's perfect. Come on, people. Um, this is this is a stretch. They they're saying we wanted to see Terrence Howard back. Oh uh, no, because he was the original roadie, but he was oh, in one movie. Come on. Um, this one, I kind of could could see it, but the um that arm robot. That was oh, in, that's uh, ridiculous! Are you kidding me? Where it comes in? Brr, 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 I mean, put him in the. Maybe there's a little fire, and then it turns, it pulls out the fire. You could put him in the cabin, like near where the hologram is happening. Uh, how about you? You know what? If I would, okay, I'd be okay with it if there was a garage where he built stuff. Because he talks about how he has the garage. You've been in the garage again, building stuff. It's probably yeah. in there. Let's say it says 
any of his M- MIT buddies and professors no. who we never meet. No. Stanley, which Come I on. get, but you cannot you find had- a story reason to put him there. It would be it would be way too distracting. Yes, it would. Because you're at, you, at the end of the movie, like at the end of the movie, after you just watch everyone and everyone's you're sad because he died, and then you put it. What are you gonna Stanley sit there? He's like Excelsior, <laughs> something like that. And then you have to explain what he's doing yeah, there. No, why he knows no, right. yeah. wrong. This one then says, you know, Tony would have wanted his Iron Man suits to be there. No. And then finally, it ends with um, Jarvis. <laughs> no, uh, Black Widow. She should have been there. She's dead. I know. Why would she? What are they going to do? Drag her corpse from Vormir and have her there? She's yeah. dead. I know. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think they had everybody they needed to yeah, have. Well, yeah, they, they had everyone that makes sense. I just want I just want somebody to edit Justin Hammer in the background dancing <laughs> next to Thunderbolts. <laughs> That's all I want. But, yeah, no, there's that. Anthony. <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. And what's funny is that while this feels like a wrap up movie, it's not because we're not done. We're getting the epilogue, <laughs> oh, baby. I spit on you. I'm sorry. I'm leaving now because I'm done talking about Endgame. We will return next week for our our Infinity Saga series finale. Yes. Of Spider Man Far From Home, where Spider Man's off uh, in Europe doing stuff. And uh, I think we're going to take, we're going to talk about that movie, but then we're going to take like about 15 minutes in that episode to just kind of reflect and talk yeah, about it. Mean, if you sat through all. An hour and 45 minutes of this. Hopefully you'll stick around for Trust at least me. another. We're time. not there yet. And that edit, I will edit some stuff out. So, but okay. this is going to be a long, this is a long episode. Well, we so. appreciate you guys for sticking around and absolutely and following us through this journey. Like Mike said, we have one more episode to go in the infinity saga, but for now let's yeah. kick it over to the recommended reading. Absolutely. All right. I'm fine. I'll leave Pat. Sorry, Jeez. All right. I'm out of here. Pat. Apologize. I just wanted to, I wanted to have one more last plea to get Justin hammer in the, at the end of the <laughs> scene. Where's my Justin Hammer Disney Plus show? Okay. I'll see you guys. I'll see everyone else. I'll see you later. See you next week. Pat, take it away. As always, at the end of each episode, we like to send you home with some recommended reading that follows up on some of the characters and plots presented in this week's film. Our recommended reading section is sponsored by Infinite Heroes, comics, cards, and collectibles in Watertown, Connecticut. If you're in the Connecticut or New England area, it's a great location to pick up comics from Marvel, as well as DC, Image, and more. They also have a large collection of trading cards, toys, and collectibles. Owner Paul Santos has worked in comics for years, most recently as an editor of DC Comics. Ask him for a recommendation and tell him we sent you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode on Avengers Endgame. Let's uh, give you some recommended reading to take a look at. So first up, girls really do get it done. And if if you know, you know. Uh, In this week's episode, we discuss the all-female Avengers team A-Force. Pick up the series by G. Willow Wilson and Marguerite Bennett to follow the team's adventures in and out of the 2015 Secret Wars crossover. Number two, Secret Empire by Nick Spencer imagines a world completely altered by the Cosmic Cube where Cap really is an agent of Hydra. In this altered timeline, Cap also wields a corrupt version of Mjolnir. See how the Avengers band together to save the day and save their leader. And finally... The Infinity War, the sequel to the Infinity Gauntlet by Jim Starlin and Ron Lim, Thanos has been defeated and Adam Warlock now holds the stones. However, Adam's evil persona is unleashed and the Avengers must face doppelgangers of themselves as they battle to save the universe. Thank you for listening. Remember to please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and we will see you next week.